Like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch was probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Which Police Radio. Um... As I've been saying sort of on recent episodes, it's always cool to have new people on the show. And I've been definitely reaching out and expanding my horizons a little bit in terms of local music uh, since the pandemic started. But I've also had an opportunity to sort of reconnect with people who have been on the shows in past years and are, you know, because of the pandemic or not, are doing new things and are, are taking new directions with their music and their work. So I think the guest on this episode qualifies in that latter category. You've been on uh, a couple of times and you have a lot of new things I think that we're going to talk about today. So I think the best way to start this off is if you want to just introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what it is that you do. Sure. Uh, I'm Violet Vopney and I'm a singer-songwriter, uh, Indigenous and Icelandic and um, yeah, I do pop, folk, jazz, roots, blues, a uh, little bit of rock. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of everything. I'm just sort of multi-genre. I write music. I write songs, and that's that's pretty much me. That's a good way to explain it. I write songs. <laughs> um, I write songs. <laughs> I think that maybe the, uh, the start, good starting point here is, uh, as I understand it, you're using your own name now for your projects because you've gone through various yeah. kind of iterations of, 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 of what you do and the names you're, you're performing under. But what can you tell me about that? Because that's fairly recent, right? Uh, well, yeah. So, I, I mean, in, I started at the worst time. I, I started in 2019, like at the end of 2019. And then I was lucky enough to get an album going. And then we talked. And I was really happy about that. And um, right after I put that album out, the whole world shut down. Sure. And I was like, oh, no, I broke the world with my music. Oh, no. But I had also waited 20 years to put anything out. So that was also a huge consideration. Um, so I was going under the name 19 at that point. And, and then as soon as I put everything out, um, other people were named 19. There were other like new bands named 19 that also came out. And I went, oh, go, okay. Um, okay, I gotta figure this out. And then yeah. we had all this time being shut down. There was nothing going on. So I was like, okay, well, I'll come up with a band name. And then me and Clinton, who was um, part of 19, he was like, we were a duo. We were just an acoustic duo at that point. Right, right. Um, me and him worked on a name. We came up with the Keen and the Kind. And I said, that's a cool name. Let's do that. So then we were the Keen and the Kind. And then in 2020, so short, like the first time we opened up in the summer, yeah, there was that the brief first, period where yeah, we could that, do stuff, yeah. There was that weird, like, first wave, and then we opened. It all just sort of blurs together now. It does. It time no so longer odd. exists. Yeah. Time, yeah, time doesn't exist anymore. But after that first one, we ended up adding a percussionist, uh, Kevin Cote, because everybody was like, your songs are really good, but you need, like, percussion. And I was like, I don't want a drummer. I don't think they're going to 
be excited about this music. I think they're going to be like, uh, I'll play some brushes. Right. What else am I doing? <laughs> right. I'm like, I know drummers in this city and they like hard music and they really want to go full out. And I don't have anything that's super full out. So I don't know. Maybe we'll just try a percussionist. Yeah. So I'd met Kevin at uh, a Stacey James show and I asked her after the show, I said, so um, is your is he is he monogamous? Does he play with other does he play with other people? Is it okay if I steal him? She's like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. He plays with a bunch of different people. It's all good. I yeah. said, Okay, cool, I'll ask him. And then sure enough, he just gelled with us and say la vie. We were in the studio by October and we redid all of the songs that were on the acoustic album. So we redid them with percussion and yeah. solos because we had missed doing that. And um, and then we did 10 new songs. So we had 18 songs on this album. And we released that in 2021. So still during and, the pandemic time. I mean, all of this has happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. all during the pandemic time. But we had to have some sort of like cutoff. So I think it was like July of 2020. We, we had the cutoff of like, okay, it's going to be these 18 songs on this next album. And then anything I wrote after that had to go on the upcoming album. Sure, sure. Actually, yeah. So... Yeah, it's been fun to have to wait. That's been it. I'm 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 sometimes very prolific and I'm not good at waiting. Yeah. So yeah, the waiting was was how that worked out. Um so yeah, we went to the studio, did the songs. At that point, we had kind of picked up on a couple of other musicians to sort of help us out with harmonies and harmonica, things like that and just little extra stuff. And and then in 2021, we also got a bassist cool. for a bit. He was just sort of like bored and wanted something to do and friends with Clinton. So he was like, sure, I'll come down and play bass. And so he did that. And then, yeah, end of summer 2021, Clinton and Adam both moved on to new projects. So, yeah. And then I was like, oh, no, I guess um, I guess that's it. I guess the band is. And I, I was like, I don't know, are we going to record the songs that, that we were working on or yeah. how are... So there was just this huge, you know, ambiguous uncertainty. And I don't know, I found a new guitarist during that time and started working with him. And Kevin was very much like, I still want to do percussion. I still want to do the thing. This is the music you're writing is too good not to put it out there. So like, I'm still in. I'm like, okay, cool. Cool. Yay. And uh, yeah, so we found a new guitarist and rebuilt the band and yeah. And now you're and going Clinton, under your, your own name though, right? Like the band, the Keen and the Kind well, name yeah, is gone. That was actually a very recent change right. um, because now that I've got shows coming up with the new band members, I felt, I feel weird calling it the Keen and the Kind. Like Clinton's not involved. Adam's not involved. Like it's just not the same sure. anymore. And the songs have always been my songs. It's always been my lyrics and melodies, my concepts for my life stories, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, well, hmm, you know, without the original band peoples, it doesn't feel the same. So was there a reason? Sorry, I was gonna say, was there a reason that you didn't um, kind of go with your name in the first place? Were you did you feel weird about kind of? putting your name out as the name of the project? Like, did you prefer the idea I, of having a band title? Yeah, I, well, originally I preferred the idea of having a band title when I thought me and Clinton were going to be this like folky, jazzy duo. Yeah. 
Which you were on the and first I, record. I was. I was on the first record. It was it was a lot more folky, a lot more jazz. And I thought, you know, the Keen and the Kind is a great name because you've got like others out there, you know, Two Crows for Comfort, you know, a sure. lot of the small glories, you know, like it's kind of in the same sort of, you know, vibe as that. And I thought, yeah, if we were going to continue being a folk duo, sure, that works out really well. Um, and then I wrote a whole bunch of pop music and like fell super in love with it. And um, yeah, pop stars are just their names. <laughs> right. That's true. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. All of them. There are very, very, very few pop bands. That's true. Pop cover bands. So I was like, oh, well, I love this pop music. I was like, fuck it. I love this music. Oh, my gosh. These songs that I'm writing now are just so awesome. And uh, yeah, I was like, well, fuck it. I guess I am me. <laughs> cool. Cool. Well, I have a question kind of about the songs then, because I mean, I, I know that the, when you put out the first record, those were songs you'd written over over, over literally decades, right? This was like a, a hugely long time coming. So what has shifted, mm -hmm. I guess, with you in terms of now being able to just kind of churn out the music in a much faster pace, a way faster pace, because that first one took so long to, to actually kind of be created? Um, the first one... I don't know how to explain it. I mean, I was consistently writing songs all throughout my teenage years, like consistently. And then um, I got married and my first husband was not a musician and not into music. Right. And I had no time really. So here and there I would write a song, but you know, I was also raising kids and doing the family thing and, you know, yeah. doing other things in life. So it just didn't come up. And then, you know, that relationship ended and, I was like, hey, I want to do music again. And I'm like, hey, I have all these songs from like the early 2000s that I wrote. And so we just dug those up and started with those yeah. because they were the back catalog, essentially. And then, I don't know, inspiration. It's almost like riding a bike. Like once you've learned how to do that skill, and especially when you've learned it as a teenager, yeah. it comes back so much faster. And I was like, oh, well, here's a new song. Here's another new song.
couple of jams that Kevin showed up to and I remember the power went out at my house so he's setting up on the porch and he's setting up all his stuff and I said to him oh me and Clinton wrote a new song and he goes oh like in the last week since I've uh since I've been here and I'm like no in the last 15 minutes he's like what I'm like yeah yeah it's actually our most popular song on Spotify now well, that's kind of cool it was Joseph okay so. yeah yeah that was the single from the previous yeah 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 um yeah that was the single from uh the things we don't know right right so yeah i guess like i mean you would know this more than anyone i think is is how have you changed as a songwriter how have you seen your songs change in that time obviously you know all of us have done things when we're teenagers that maybe don't hold up even a few years later let alone a number of years later and so i mean how have you seen your songwriting mature i guess and and, and improve since those early songs i mean obviously you're still you still like them because you took the time to record them and then re-record them, you know, and there's a, there's a connection to them for sure for you, but you know, mm. how does 2022 you sort of see those songs now and see the songs you're working on today and, and compare them? Um, see, for me, I, I don't see a whole lot of, personally, I don't see a whole lot of differences between them. Like I'm still like, yeah, you know, Twisted is a nice pop song. Friend Zone is a single that's coming out okay. that is an awesome pop song. So I, I do see like a growth that's happened with it. Like I've grown with the times, you sure, know? Sure. You know, Twisted was a great pop song for 2002. It really was. Um, didn't come out in 2002, but oh, hey, right. it's not my fault. Um, <laughs> I guess it is a little bit my fault. Maybe but a little bit, yeah. <laughs> maybe a little bit. Um, but then friend zone is just a great tune for 2022. Sure. So that's, that's just sort of what I see my bandmates on the other hand. And my guitarist on the other hand is like, wow, structure song structure. <laughs> like apparently I've just magically gotten a lot better at structuring songs properly the way they're supposed to be just from and trial and error i guess right from repeatedly all over writing the songs. Yeah. yeah well and it's it's different when you you're just writing lyrics and melody for yourself and you're singing things and so you're not going to take pauses because singing a cappella is a little bit different you don't want a huge pause sure in between things because people get bored and then they think the song's over uh, <laughs> <It's> true, <yeah. laughs> like if you're not consistently singing a cappella, people are like oh this oh, we clap now yeah clap. oh clap now and then you're like no i'm still singing um but yeah so once you start working with a guitarist 
who can who can write to all of that, then you're like, oh yeah, the pause goes here. Oh yeah, this happens here. And then it just sort of, I don't know, it's it's just uh, education by fire, I guess, is, is how it goes. Education by experience yeah. just happens. And, and so I've gotten better at, you know, writing the sections out and now like knowing where the pauses are gonna be and, and then still being a renegade and doing cool things that I wanna do. And, yeah making my bandmates like work really hard i didn't know how hard my music was until my <laughs> bandmates told me it was really hard i said oh i didn't know that and apparently everything that clinton wrote was like crazy jazz chords that even the new guitarist was like okay i'm just gonna go meet with him so he can teach me what he did and i'm like oh okay that sounds good he did something hard <laughs> and he goes yeah really i'm saying bad words a lot so, yeah yeah okay yeah. yeah i was like oh okay so i don't you, know how i feel about this like on the one hand i'm like oh no the songs are too hard to learn um and then on the other hand i'm like yeah songs are too hard to learn that's right it's not just four chord pop or you right. know and is the new stuff chord. is the new stuff much simpler because it's in the pop direction like or is it still no complicated <laughs> no still no <laughs> it's easier to learn than the old stuff because the songs don't do a thing where you get um you get bars that are supposed to be like four beats in a bar or six depending on you know what your time stamp yeah, is yeah yeah i have a song where it is six and three quarters and then it changes it changes on the last it, yeah, it, it, songs aren't supposed to do that. I didn't know that when I was 11 and sure, I wrote that sure. song. So, um, yeah, so it's 6.75 and they had to figure that out. And then remember, <laughs> it was hard. Yeah, I bet, yeah. From residency, growing up someone you're not trying to be right. You were dealt an unfair hand, got away unscathed, unbranded. Crazy. 
songs changed as far as lyrics because I mean I remember with your with your earlier stuff too it was very personal it was a very serious topics you were talking about and I mean pop music you know maybe this is an unfair stereotype but it's usually seen as something that is not that um heavy I guess in terms of you know the subject matter and what you're talking about so did you have to shift a bit um from going with this kind of confessional uh, first person experiences to something maybe a little lighter uh, because they're pop songs, or are you keeping that kind of um, format oh, of, of that writing? is still happening, yeah. and that happens to me organically, which is awesome. So I, I wrote a song that's a follow up of Joseph. Okay. So Joseph was my great grandfather, and I wrote about his story, and then I heard from the family a story about my great aunt Doris, who I didn't even know existed. Okay. Nobody in the family wanted to talk about her up until I did some genealogy research and connected with second cousins and whatnot, and then they were telling me about her so i wrote a follow-up song and that song um ends up being a song about domestic violence because that's what happened to doris she um went down to arizona technically texas actually i learned that afterwards somebody said arizona and then somebody else said texas and the song turned out to be called arizona <laughs> just worked out better that way and uh yeah and she ended up being in an abusive relationship so just ended up being about that and I was like, well, I wasn't trying to go there, but it happened because that's the story. Right? So how do you make that a pop song then? Because pop is so upbeat as a genre. It's still upbeat. It's still <laughs> upbeat. And I think the thing that's going to happen is people are going to be like, wow, yeah, I'm bopping along to this song. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, uh oh. And it, it is what it is. Some people listen for lyrics and a lot of people listen for the instrumental. And sometimes it takes people a while to get around to really listening to what the lyrics mean. They don't usually get there upon first or second listen. Sure. It depends who it is, I guess, obviously, right? But it, yes, does. it yes, depends a, on who it is. A, yeah. a pop, a, yeah. Someone going to see a pop show is not going to assume that there's, there's that kind of depth to pop lyrics, right? Which is kind of a cool, I guess, a cool way of, of, of making people think about it in that they've listened it to is. a song over and over again. And then, wait a minute, what? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, and, and if you want to get really technical about it, we could talk about Honey by Mariah Carey. Right. Honey is a pop song. We've all listened to Honey 
many, many times, sure, probably sure. at our age. You know, you've heard that song so many <laughs> times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was probably like 35 when I realized what honey meant. I don't think in... I've ever thought about it. Wow. Okay. It's like honey when it washes over me. You know, sugar never, ever tasted so sweet. Right. Which is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could go, aha, uh-huh, yeah. I just want another taste of your honey. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I know what that song's about. Right, right. Shit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Mariah Carey. We all <laughs> thought that was a happy pop song. Yeah. Hey, that was not about honey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I find pop songs do that a lot. They will they will mask things yeah. and we're all bopping along to it. And a lot of times they mask sex. No, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. They totally just do that. Yeah. And I, I've, I've actually stayed away from that. Surprisingly enough. Um, friend zone is a song about asking people if they're cool with just being friends when they're all flirting with me inappropriately. Right. Right. That's that's the thing. I went to a party, people flirted inappropriately, and I was like, hey, are you guys just cool with the friend zone? Because <laughs> that's what it is. Right. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and then people are bopping along to it, and they think it's a fun, cool song. And so I'm happy for that. Does the shift um, to, I mean, obviously, like you said, the lyrics are staying on the same kind of topics, but the shift to pop, sonically does that sort of change the the overall trajectory of the band of where you're hoping to play the kind of shows you're hoping to play maybe even the audiences you're you're hoping to play too is that all sort of moved? definitely yep that has definitely also changed quite a bit so you know um when we originally started i was thinking okay you know low-key venues you know low-key whatever you know and now it's like we could probably do three sets at the bar at some point you know right, and we right. can keep the crowd going and at the same time, yes, there is sort of this like um, interesting dynamic in Winnipeg where there's a lot of bars that just want cover bands for three sets for a night. And there you go. And I'm like, well, we could do three sets of original music that everybody would still dance to, yeah. that everybody would love dancing to. And it would all just be original stuff. And then we could throw in a couple of covers in between that would make people happy. And we could probably, yeah probably get away with doing that yeah without getting the stigma of oh but it's cover oh but it's not a cover band it's like yeah well well this used to be a weird alternate universe for cover bands too where like they i've never wanted to ever go see a cover band not that there's anything wrong with people who do but it's just to me the idea of seeing a cover band sounds horrible i just just don't like the idea of like when there's original music to choose from like why would you pick a band playing bad versions of stuff that's already on the radio, you know? Uh, and, and so, but there's this whole ecosystem of cover bands that, that I didn't really know about until recently where they, I mean, they make a ton of money, some of them. Like, they're, they're, it's a very successful kind of business route to take as a musician. It is. Like, well, as a musician, yeah, it really is. And especially in Winnipeg, because you will get the bars that, you know, if you can put together three sets for a night, they're paying. Sure. And then you can, you can book different bars once or twice a month. And there's money for your band every month yeah right bars are paying for that kind of thing to go on and yeah i'm not saying you could probably make like a huge living off of it but i mean you can still get a decent side cash out of it you could have a regular gig going on that wouldn't require too much in the way of uh like well you wouldn't have to tour you could play the same Winnipeg shows you know week after week Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, exactly. to like super infiltrate that i'm more looking at like i will play festivals yeah. i will play uh you know i'll do like single release parties and album release parties like i'm not like super willing to step on the toes of that market yet sure one of these days though it's gonna happen <laughs> you're coming for them <laughs> I, I was gonna ask um are your songs now the new, the new stuff with the current band is it backwards compatible like can you take this band that you have now and play a stripped down acoustic set as well? Or does this sort of leave? Oh, yeah. yeah, it still works. You can, so you can have a oh, yeah. in the folk world still and mm -hmm. also be doing the pop stuff. 
Oh, I still have folk songs on this album. And I even have, there's a tune that's a little bit melancholy, a little bit jazzy. Okay. Um, and it it's, yeah. So it's still, even though there's more pop songs on this album than the last one, there's still folk and jazz influences in it. Yeah. So, yeah. That stuff, I guess, you're not going to lose, um, even if you know it's, it's what you've been doing for years now. So, yeah, it makes sense. What I do, and I think every album is going to try to be that eclectic mix of folk and and pop music, essentially. Sure. Wherever I go with it, there might be a rock single thrown in there somewhere. Do you have, we'll see how do you have a timeline for when this album's uh, expected to be put out? We're hoping January 2023. Okay. Yeah. How far yeah. along are how far along are you already on uh, putting it together? It's almost done. Oh, really? Okay, that's that's good. <laughs> yeah, it's with the it's with Ryan McVeigh um, right now, so he's finishing the mixing and mastering, and then yeah, and then it's just up to the new band members to learn to play the songs. Sure. So I won't actually release it until we can have a proper album release party and then play it live for everybody. Because dropping an album that you can't play live, I don't think that's a good plan. Probably not, no. Not, not a good business strategy, <laughs> so we have to wait. But um, I'm seeing so much really, I'm, I'm seeing so much progress with the current band members. They are just so awesome. And um, they learned Friend Zone already. Cool. We're, we're releasing that as a single in June. And then doing the rele- the single release party at Tap House. Okay. Osborne Tap House. Yeah. 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 And um, so I'm, I'm impressed that, you know, we can already play that song. Yeah. Well, waiting almost isn't a bad idea, too, especially because of the way things are going with the pandemic in that, like, shows are happening now, which is awesome. But it's still mm-hmm. very slow yeah. and people are hesitant. And, and you know, by, hopefully by January, you know, things are back to some kind of normal and it won't be so weird to be putting on a show and you can get you know the venue you want with a full capacity crowd and everything um i mean hopefully right uh yeah and i mean mm, things i wouldn't say people are that hesitant i go out a lot i've been at the king's head and it was nuts i've been at the riverside and there was a 50th birthday party going on and there was nowhere to sit i was like oh okay. okay cool uh, I've been at Shannon's after a Jets game or just on a Tuesday. Shannon's on a Tuesday is crazy. Any day. Any day of the week. They've got tons of people in there. So, so pe- people have moved on, I think. A lot, a lot of people have definitely ooh, moved on, yeah. People have definitely moved on. And if they want to go to a show or they want to go to the bar and dance, they are finding it and going. So. Cool. Yeah. People are filling places, filling venues up now. Yeah. What's the, um, I mean, I know this isn't out yet. The single's not coming out till June. There's still a bit of a wait between, obviously, when we're recording this and when the record's coming out. But if someone, mm-hmm. you know, is listening to this podcast and they want to hear more about what you've done, hear some of your past stuff, you got those those two records out, what's the best way to find you uh, online and to hear the m- music online? Spotify. Spotify? Yeah. Spotify, yeah. And you could just look up my name on Spotify. Spotify was so fast about changing that. Oh, cool. I was going to ask that, yeah. They were so good about changing it. And I thought it was funny because I had done the two different band names. And then when I went into DistroKid to update it, they let me update it. And I thought, I wonder how Spotify is going to deal with this. You know how they dealt with it? They made me two Violet Vopney profiles. And I had to contact their support people and be like, hey, 
if bad news for you, <laughs> there should only be one. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. And they were like, yeah, no, you're right. There should only... Okay, so we'll we'll fix that. So all that old stuff is now under Violet Vopney on Spotify? All of it. All of it is in one place now. And it makes me so happy because I was so sad that the acoustic album kind of got lost on Spotify somewhere innocuous. Yeah. And then it, it was during the time when I don't think DistroKid was really offering a lot of ability to edit releases. So I didn't know that that was a thing. And then I came across an article a couple weeks ago that said, you can actually update stuff. Oh, I said, what? I can? That's cool. Ooh, I thought I was stuck with this. I thought I was going to be like the Foo Fighters forever. <laughs> and hey, I wasn't. So, Ooh, yeah. Because that's going to be tricky to have, you know, three different names uh, for the same stuff, essentially, right? I mean, it's, it's different iterations well, of the band, but yeah. At least I was really smart with all the Keen and the Kind releases because all I did was put the name of the single or the name of the album on the cover. Okay. I never right, put right, the yeah. name of the band. I never did that. It's on the spine of the... It's on the tiny little spine of the actual CD yeah. that you can buy. But that it's such tiny writing. You can't really see it. So not worried about that. Yeah, that's good. If you ever decide to reissue them too, you know, if there's uh, ever a surge of popularity in those old ones, you have the cover, you can just kind of reprint it. <laughs> You're good to go. I can reprint. Yeah, exactly. I can reprint it. I can just uh, tell Dan at Ironstone Technologies to just don't put that on the spine. Yeah, cool. And then the good thing about this being a podcast too, is someone could hear this, you know, when we put it out and they could also hear it a year from now. What's the best way to kind of mm -hmm. keep in touch with what you're doing as far as uh, upcoming shows? Uh, maybe, you know, when the record's coming out, people, where can people find you online to, to, to see announcements about that or announcements about shows? I'm on, well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm currently really mad at Facebook. Okay. Yeah. Me do? and Facebook are not, we're not having, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> I'm not friends with Facebook anymore. Um, well, everywhere else, Spotify, Deezer, Apple Music, DistroKid submitted all the all, all the artist changes beautifully. Instagram was instant. I could just go in there and change all my stuff, and it was like, bam, here it is. Facebook pages. So I have the new page experience for the keen and the kind. And then I went in, and I've done it three times now, where I've tried to edit the name, and it says, put in your password. And then we'll review it and get back to you in three days. That was fucking 10 days ago. <laughs> I want to kill them. And there's I'm no one you can like, call, right? Because it's Facebook. So no, you can't, yeah, you can't yeah. call anybody. Yeah. I sent in a thing, like I found the help and support thing. And I sent in like just a grievance about it today. Mostly just me bitching about how they need to change that feature. If they're going to own Instagram and let people change their shit on Instagram. Yeah. Hello, just let us do it on Facebook too. Why did you need to review it? And also, why are you ignoring reviewing it? Because I've now submitted it three times and you're still ignoring it. I'm so upset. But you have a new page though, right? Under under your actual name. I made a new page. Yeah. Okay. I saw so that. I liked it today. Yeah. So today I was like, okay, can't do it this way. Wait, <laughs> I have another idea. So Facebook has a merge pages thing. So I thought, okay, I'll make a new page and I'll call it what I want it. And then I merge the two. You know what they don't let you do on Facebook is merge classic pages with new pages. <laughs> and the new page that I made today is a classic page. And then the keen and the kind is a new page. And so they won't let me merge it. I'm like, this is why we're not friends anymore. This is why. I couldn't do anything to do. So I'm just waiting. I'm just like, well, okay. But until anything so happens, I people should go to the Violet Opti page and, and follow you there. 
Yes. Um, yeah, follow me on, well, technically follow me on either of the pages. Oddly enough, it didn't let me change the name of the page, but it let me change the slug. <laughs> it let me change the URL. Yeah. And then it let me put in a nickname, which is Violet Vopney. So it let me put a nickname up there. I was like, you know what? Facebook, please get your shit together. <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, yeah. But I mean, I think we all have our grievances about Facebook, to sure. be honest. Sure. All of us are like, why? Why isn't this working? Why did... But we keep using it anyway. I love all the people who are like, wow, I got banned for... I got put in Facebook jail for something dumb. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Always laugh at my friends about that. I've never never been uh, put in Facebook jail. I always see people complaining about it, but I guess I'm towing the line, I guess, of saying things that are offensive to them or not. But I don't know. One day it'll happen. I, I toe the line too. I've I've never been reported. Nobody's ever like just randomly reported a post of mine. I try to be politically correct, but still share funny memes every now and again. Yeah. yeah. But not too politically incorrect. Like not too political, because that's usually where people get it. It is, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's always the politics. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I guess you're, hopefully you will keep your page politics free, and then you can just put the music stuff on there, and then you'll be fine once they change right? your your name and yeah. Yeah, once they once they change the name, I can just put the music, events and things like that up there, and I won't have to worry too much about it. Cool. It's just the waiting game in between that's like really painful. <laughs> no doubt, I believe it. I believe it. At the local 7-Eleven Where you met me But you got that 1% style That makes you greedy And a pompous attitude You think you're better than the rest You're homophobic, misogynist Men are all powerful kings Who treat women as their slaves Well, your jealousy suffocated me I'm an independent woman And your stuck-up little attitude Makes me stay away from you Do you honestly believe That you're important to me? You may have been my number one But only until I'm done It would have been nice To see you fail and me succeed To see the look on your face When you have to look up to me It would have been nice To buy a Slurpee And drink it all Swagger that makes you stupid An untouchable attitude that makes you think you won't get caught Your patriarchal antiquity Men like you don't stand a chance Against a woman as strong as me Well, your jealousy suffocated me I'm an independent woman And your stuck-up little attitude Makes me stay away from you Do you honestly believe you're important to me You may have been my number one But only until I'm done It would have been nice To be your queen And let you join the empire Stretched before me It would have been nice To buy a Slurpee 
suffocated me I'm an independent woman And your stuck-up little attitude Makes me stay away from you Do you honestly believe That you're important to me? You may have been my number one 